check one two check peeps we are coming back to the live stream and it's been a while but um yeah i've got this new mini studio set up in my living room so that's why i decided to go with the cutting out the background <laughs> looks kind of corny but whatever um yeah so i just want to uh maybe do some solo podcasting um and this particular podcast is going to be mostly COVID-related, so we're going to do a whole bunch of uh, COVID links. I, I prepared some stuff right here for y'all. I'll show you. Um, I've got a whole bunch of links um, in regards to COVID and the current state of it. Um, yeah, so lots of stuff has been going on since uh, since our last live uh, uh, political live stream. So uh, let's jump, jump right into it because it's just so much craziness that... I've got I got way too many links, so this is only some of it that I was able to pull up out of my phone real quick. But I'll show you guys some of these first links here. I have well, first of all, recently Governor Newsom was uh, being recalled in the recent election, and he basically won. They've already announced that you know the polls show that he's basically taking it, although they haven't actually counted the votes, but. You know that that's how, that's the news is just gonna run with Newsom takes it, uh, and that's not good because soon after Newsom, uh, it like literally like immediately, re uh, just put into effect some new mandates uh, in regards to workers, uh, businesses with a hundred plus workers, and now the L.A. County is requiring vaccination uh, proof at bars and large events, something that they hadn't done before. It was uh, up to the business discretion. Uh, there were mask mandates, and then there were just complete shutdowns, you know, earlier in 2020. 2021, they rolled back some of those uh, restrictions, and now we have some of those coming back with not proof of vaccination, uh, which is funny because they don't accept uh, proof of infection. So we'll talk a little bit about that because a lot of the other countries in the world, they do accept proof of infection. Reason for that is because, well, if you get infected, it provides good immunity. But uh, we can see that starting October 7th, uh, the health department is going to issue this mandate. Customers and employees at bars, um, wineries, breweries, nightclubs, and lounges have to have at least one vaccine dose. It doesn't apply to indoor restaurants, but it is recommended. So outdoor events of more than 10,000 people, they will need to verify vaccination uh, or a recent negative COVID test. So this is, uh, you know, something that it's a big deal. It's going to be 
a lot more of this stuff pushing forth uh, now that Newsom basically retained his seat. So I don't I don't expect for this for this to go away anytime soon. Um, some of the other stuff we were looking at um, is uh, here, here's another video about this. Meant that workers will have to either show proof of vaccination or undergo frequent testing will impact about 246,000 state employees and about this 2 million health care workers across the state of California, like the ones you see behind me. Newsom said that he was inclined to step things up, citing projections that he called sobering that will show a significant increase in hospitalizations. Newsom added that too many people have, quote, chosen to live with this virus. We're at a point in this epidemic, this pandemic, where choice, individuals' choice not to get vaccinated is now impacting the rest of us in a profound and devastating and deadly way. In the last day, the number of hospitalized patients in the state for COVID increased 6.4% to 3,331, with 65 new deaths recorded today. Newsom blasted conservatives for perpetuating vaccine misinformation, specifically naming Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, Senator Ron Johnson, and Tucker Carlson of Fox News. And Newsom isn't the only one taking action in California today. Here in San Francisco, an industry group of 500 bars says it is recommending guests will need to show either proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to drink indoors. Those who do not will be able to drink outdoors and in parklets. The public is divided on proof of vaccination at work, restaurants and shops, according to a recent poll from Inside California Politics and Emerson College. <laughs> when asked, 35% agreed with proof of vaccination, 51% disagreed, and 14% were unsure or had no opinion. I have a feeling this is just the beginning, not only here in California, Chef, but across the country. Shepherd Such boo I mean, come on. Nobody nobody wants these mandates, like, you know, but they're going to just keep pushing these things like it's crazy. The push to vaccinate is at a fever pitch and as more cities and counties call for all employees to be vaccinated, some labor unions are privately pushing back. The mandates could mean police officers and firefighters are not exempt, and some of them have been very vocal about refusing to get vaccinated. Yeah, see, see, this is one of those things. Uh, recently, um, I read an article about workers, health workers specifically, so nurses at hospitals um, and, uh, you know, just doctors in general, refusing to take the vaccine, and so they either quit or were terminated. So here's the funny thing about that is they're now shaming them on the news by saying, Oh, uh, all the, all these workers won't won't come in to work to deliver these babies, so uh, there's there's uh, you know babies cannot be delivered in the L.A. County in the general hospital at the hospital in Inglewood. They're saying that they're understaffed, um, but the funny part is that these are health professionals, so these are people that work in healthcare. So if they don't want to be vaccinated, then Maybe this vaccine mandate thing, maybe, you know, that just there's just there's just no way you're going to force people to take it. I mean, just think about how quick these people were to quit their jobs. There isn't anything you're going to be able to tell them to convince them to take it. And I can vouch for myself that nobody is going to be able to tell me any anything that's going to make me want to be vaccinated. It's just not going to happen. So I bet there's a lot of people out here like that. For example... The Latino community, they're saying, 
is affected predominantly or uh, um, not predominantly, but at a higher rate um, than other races when it comes to COVID. But they're also the highest in not wanting to take the vaccine. The same for the black community. They, for the most part, are vaccine hesitant. This new keyword that they used to describe. So, you know, it's just a lot of hypocrisy, in my opinion. See, Bay Area's Damian Trujillo looks at the effort to require all first responders to get vaccinated. There is no mandate yet in the city of San Jose, but Santa Clara County is in the process of implementing its new regulations. It's a thorny issue for law enforcement all across the country, but municipalities are saying rules are rules. Employee unions in New York came out firing last week after the city announced it will call for all employees to be vaccinated. We are absolutely against an absolute mandate to vaccinate everyone. The FDNY union is also upset about the other option, weekly testing paid for by the employee. This testing will not be done on our own time or our own dime. If the city wants this, they can make it uh, make it possible and, and they can pay for it. In California, many first responders will tell you privately that they disagree with such a mandate. The Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office says as a county employee, deputies will be required to vaccinate or test weekly when the county orders take effect soon. The state said the same thing about CHP officers. Many doctors are applauding the mandates. I think it's a great move. San Jose has not issued a mandate. The city says it is still waiting. That was the a options. weird chop. <laughs> the San Jose Fire Union says its vaccination rate is at 87%, and they encourage members to get the shot. The police union says it is also encouraging members to do the same and wants to work closely with the city when the decision is made. But vaccine advocates say the fact that the public must interact with them means a mandate makes sense. We have to think about the community health at this point in time. And it's not yeah, just that, that that lady was annoying. Sorry, I had to cut sorry, I had to cut that one short. <laughs> um yeah, man. So check out oh my god, let's Joe Rogan comes out of the video saying he takes ivermectin and everyone oh my god, horse dewormer. Uh, you know, fucking oh, it's just it's just ridiculous how people would go out of their way, including the news and the media, to say that ivermectin is a horse dewormer um, and that there are hospitals where they can't treat people because there's a lot of people uh, poisoning themselves with horse dewormer. And here's an article that says, Horse dewormer overdose, overdose story debunked. We have no such doctor and treat people as normal. So some doctor went out and said that they had overwhelming ivermectin overdoses and that they couldn't be uh they couldn't treat people with gunshot wounds uh they were being turned away because of how many people uh were coming in with ivermectin overdoses this is completely false that, that never happened right so it's just it's just it's just dumb and and now joe rogan comes out and says he takes iver like literally the rest of the world uses ivermectin for many for many, many things, including COVID. And there are studies showing its efficacy in COVID. I, I'll show you some here. So um, so people uh, taking horse dewormer as a supposed COVID, like this is what, this is how they were supposed COVID-19 treatment, right? And the FDA comes out with a statement saying, reminding Americans that they are not livestock, right? And you are not a horse, you are not a cow. Seriously, y'all, stop it. Like, that's what they said on Twitter or whatever. And it's like, yo, 
what are you talking about? Like, if you go and you just search, just quick, quick, quick search on ivermectin, you'll see that actually it's it's definite. Like, it, it's like here, here's the CDC uh, coming out. Rapid increase in ivermectin prescriptions and reports of severe illness associated with the use of products containing ivermectin to prevent or treat COVID-19. Um, you know, yes, there's an ivermectin that a doctor prescribes that has, uh, you know, different levels, different mixtures. And it, if you if you take ivermectin designed for, like, livestock, y you may poison yourself just because, you know, the, it's not going to be the same quantity of ivermectin you're taking. And then also there could be other additives in there that could affect, you know, humans in a way that it's not supposed to. So, yes, uh, don't take the livestock one, but that's not I that's not what Joe Rogan took. So that's not what that's not what doctors are prescribing. They're prescribing ivermectin for humans, which is has been approved for human cons consumption by the CDC and the FDA for like years now. And furthermore, here is a study for ivermectin for preventing and treating COVID specifically. So this study suggests that that ivermectin it has some efficacy in fighting uh covid so this is why other countries have their own studies now there's like i think like 40 studies published by other countries citing ivermectin as you know an e efficient drug to take to prevent and fight covid um and to prevent uh, severe illness from covid so you if you just do some quick reading you can figure out that it's like a legit drug that can be used for actually treating COVID, but no, the news is going to say that it's a uh, horse dewormer and shit. <laughs> it's bananas. It's really something else. Um, but see, it, look, and people are not going, people are not buying ivermectin for livestock and taking it. It's not, it's not happening. It really isn't. Um, there, there, there are very little cases reported. There are some phone calls of people potentially being concerned with having taken some of those ivermectin drugs. But I, I've used it before. Um, you can buy ivermectin for livestock, and I've used it to treat uh, mites in some of my reptiles. Uh, so it can kill mites. It can kill fleas. It can kill ticks. It can kill all these things. So, you know, it's just such a weird thing to, to, to say that, to, to make fun of people that, that have uh, taken it. And... And it's the same thing with people that are unvaccinated. If you're unvaccinated and and uh, you've been infected with COVID, and, and you know you you've gained immunity. So again, back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, I can show you here um, s academic studies showing now it's actually you know most people are now in agreement that if you get uh, COVID through natural infection. It will definitely provide longer-lasting immunities than any other vaccine can offer at the moment. So this is for sure now, like scientific publishment, like this is published now, showing for sure this is the case for all vaccines. So vaccines do not offer the same protection as a real natural infection. So that's just something to take into account. Why we don't allow people that are that, that have acquired natural immunities to enter spaces where only vaccinated people are allowed, I don't know. 
Um, but this is an article cited. Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about. Well, let's just let it play. And I want to say that officially. So uh, this is another thing. It it just played randomly, but um, freaking. You do not know. Uh, Fauci, you know, and his whole funding gain of function research and somehow being involved with uh with the NIH and the Wuhan Institute of Virology maybe potentially being the origin of covid it's a really scary thing um it just means that our own government along with china created this virus for whatever reason and accidentally let it out and uh our tax dollars paid for that so that's that's a crazy crazy thing to to, to think about so let's listen to uh to Rand Paul kind of berate Fauci. What you are talking about. And we read him the actual definition, the NIH definition of gain of function. And if he wanted to be a dispassionate scientist, if he wanted to be more level-headed, he could have tried to respond to the NIH definition and told us specifically how it doesn't apply. Instead, uh, his emotions got the better of him. And you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. I totally resent that. And if anybody is lying here, Senator, it is you. It's important for the public to know that Dr. Fauci is not a disinterested player. He's not objective. He has a self-interest in making sure that no one believes this came from the lab because he would have blame attached to him for funding that lab. Well, we gave him every chance to retract his statement or modify his statement. His statement was that the NIH has never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. The NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute. So we showed him the evidence. The evidence is the research from 2017. In the paper that we presented by Dr. Xi that is from a peer-reviewed journal, she actually acknowledges the funding and lists the actual routing number for the grant she got. So on the first question of whether or not the NIH funded Wuhan, without question they did. And there's a question of whether or not that continues to this day, whether it's going through a subsidiary, this Eco Health Alliance, whether or not they're still sending money to Wuhan. Jake Tapper halfway challenged him last week when he asked Dr. Fauci about, would you continue to do this? And Dr. Fauci's answer is, oh, we've always had safeguards and we will always have safeguards. Given that the Chinese government won't allow any real investigation, do you still think the U.S. government should collaborate with labs like Wuhan, especially on research that experts consider risky? Well, we have always been very careful and looking forward, we will continue to be very careful in what we do. He didn't answer the question. Do you still trust the Chinese? Senator Kennedy asked him the same question in hearing in the last couple of weeks. So you don't think the Chinese would lie to you? And he dances around the subject. He's still for funding the lab in Wuhan. And the what thing is, to me, that shows colossal lack of judgment. I mean, four million people have died. So we, we quoted a very specific paper to him from 2017 
from Dr. Xi. So she took an unknown virus with unknown lethality and she combined it with a known virus with a 15% mortality. And then she discovered that, yes, indeed, this new virus that she created in the lab could infect human cells and damage primate cells. I think it was hard for me to believe that he would deny it in front of the world because it so obviously is gain-of-function research that anybody with uh, ears to hear, anybody with eyes to see can tell that the research there was the kind of dangerous research that really, even at the NIH, they discussed in 2014, you know, they had a pause and discussed stopping this. The media is really uh, taking his side when he goes on television. The left-wing media basically gives him a pass. They yuck it up and laugh and talk about this and that. But nobody ever asks him a tough question, and he gets by with this. But he, he's really dangerous to the it's country. Really Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, thank you so much for being here. Uh, certainly a passionate uh, response uh, from uh, Dr. Fauci today. Well, the true mark of someone is if they look good, even when their personal emails come out. So you, you pass the test that very few of us would, would pass. News sources like Associated Press that were once objective, if you read their reporting of this, you'll see that it's all completely biased and one-sided and only quotes from his side of the story. How you can say that is not gain of function. It is not. It's a dance and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility. Then I will be sending a letter to see, the Department of Justice asking for a criminal a serious referral thing for sure. because he has lied to Congress. We have scientists that will line up by the dozens to say that the research he was funding was gain of function. He's doing this because he has a self-interest to cover his tracks and to cover his connection to Wuhan lab. I think this uh, Department of Justice will be partisan in the sense that they will do the bidding, the political bidding of, of President Biden. It's important for people to know it's a yeah, crime it's to bananas. lie. And it's important to know that that's at not, least a significant portion. That's not all. Like that happened, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, but just very recently, like, really 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 recently came out this uh september 6th the intercept dropped this crazy article new details emerge about coronavirus research at chinese lab more than 900 pages of materials related to u.s funded coronavirus research in china were released following a freedom of information act lawsuit by the intercept so this particularly, which is actually kind of a left-wing um, publication, literally went out of their way to make this happen. And they've published the documents for everyone to see. And you can see specifically how um, how the, the EcoHealth Alliance, a U.S.-based health organization, how they use federal money to fund bat coronavirus research at the Chinese laboratory. So this is amazing because everything that Fauci just denied in court at that hearing is here in these documents, all of the allegations proven to be correct. So it's it's another thing to say that the, that the coronavirus come from this lab. There's no actual evidence to prove that, but it's been proven that the virus can be made to look natural. So there would be no way to even prove that it came from there. But it's it's, it's, it's highly unlikely that it didn't, um, in my opinion. But here you can see the documents, um, you know, are include grants and money sent. Here, here, look, one of the grants titled Understanding the Risk of Bat Coronavirus Emergence. 
outlines outlines an ambitious effort led by EcoHealth Alliance President Peter Daszak to screen thousands of bat samples for novel coronaviruses. This is crazy. <laughs> so they, the documents contain several critical details about the research in Wuhan, including the fact that they the key experimental work with humanized mice was conducted at biosafety level 3, which is like crazy like to have a biosafety level 3 it's like it's you got to be extremely sterile um and, and so at this particular institute at Wuhan that this is where they were doing this so they were definitely trying to make uh coronaviruses from the bat transmissible to humans this is for sure which is a type of SARS virus um so the bat uh the bat coronavirus grant provided Eco Health Alliance with three million dollars, including six hundred thousand um, that the U the Wuhan Institute of Virology used in part to identify and alter bat coronaviruses likely to infect humans. Like that's what the publications say. So this is like a, a bombshell evidence that Fauci is the biggest like crazy insider, uh, corrupt weirdo. That, that there is out there. Um, I think Tim Pool, uh, the reason I found out about it is because Tim Pool did a little little video on this. Let me see if I can. Oh, here we go. Same, same article. The Intercept has published a new report showing Dr. Anthony Fauci lied to Congress and that the NIH, NIAID, was providing funding for gain-of-function research. Rand Paul has come out recently saying... This is it. We knew he lied. And this would mean that we have evidence Anthony Fauci committed perjury by lying before Congress when he appeared at a hearing and said that they did not provide funding for gain of function research. Now, when Rand Paul. There you have it. So it's bananas. <laughs> it's just pure craziness. But the that's only that's only the origin of coronavirus that's not being investigated and discovered. Um but now the lies supporting the vaccine as being the best way to fight the virus are also being uh, kind of erased. So here's a, a video from The Hill kind of explaining the new immunity um, uh, study that just that was re released very recently as well. Uh, this was August 30. Released last week shows those previously infected with SARS-CoV-2 have natural immunity that offers 13 times more protection against the Delta variant 13 than vaccination times, boys. alone. 13 times. In Tel Aviv, they followed over 700,000 people that were broken up into three different groups. Those who were vaccinated with two doses of Pfizer, those who had recovered from a previous infection, and those who had recovered and received only one dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Now, the study found that those who had recovered from COVID were 13 times less likely to end up reinfected, concluding that natural immunity confers longer lasting and stronger protection against infection, symptomatic disease and hospitalization. 
Now, though the researchers did see some increased benefit for those previously infected who also received one dose of the Pfizer vaccine, the researchers concluded the difference was statistically insignificant. So why would those who have natural immunity have a more robust immune response? The researchers hypothesized that it's because of B and T cell memory and the fact people who recovered from the virus are exposed to the entire virus, not just the spike protein the vaccines expose the body to. The study is yet to be peer-reviewed, but the findings are consistent with other studies and public health data. In July, the Israeli Health Ministry released data showing that of the nearly 850,000 Israelis known to have recovered from the virus, there were only 72 instances of reinfection, showing those with natural immunity were six and a half times less likely to be affected by the Delta variant than those who were fully vaccinated. In May, the World Health Organization found that the immune systems of more than 95% of people who recovered from COVID-19 had durable memories of the virus that remained fairly stable over time, only declining modestly at six to eight months after infection. Also, six studies, which encompass nearly one million people from Qatar to Denmark to the U.S. Marines, all found that the range of reduction of reinfection from COVID-19 was between 82% to 95% and found that naturally induced immunity resulted in extremely low rates of hospitalization and death in the event of repeat infection. Now, in the beginning, I said this was a bombshell study, but the reality is this shouldn't have been a bombshell at all. Conventional science has always held that previous infection results in robust immunity against reinfection from various viruses. However, for some strange politicized reason, for the past year and a half, this scientific fact has been hotly debated here in the U.S., but it wasn't always. In the instance of chickenpox, the CDC recommends vaccination for those who haven't had a previous infection. On their website, under the heading, Who Needs a Chickenpox Vaccine?, the CDC says, quote, people 13 years of age and older who have never had chickenpox or received chickenpox vaccine should get two doses at least 28 days apart, unquote. Same thing for the measles and even polio if they are not combined with other vaccines. Even during the smallpox outbreak, when vaccines became mandated, the certificate of immunity clearly gives clearance for those who had previously recovered from smallpox. So what's the difference now? Why suddenly, after over 100 years of recognizing previous infection as a robust form of immunity, are we suddenly rejecting science by forcing vaccines on absolutely everyone? Are public health officials just caving to the demands of a frightened public? Are they caving to the desires of greedy big pharma? In the European Union, where some countries have implemented vaccine passports, people can obtain one by either showing proof of vaccination, testing negative for the virus within 72 hours, or through proof of recovery from previous infection. That proof, of, even, even in the crazy, like, really strict places like France, uh, where they actually have COVID police running around restaurants and shit, checking people's vaccination status. Even there, if you've been infected, you're cool. Like they're like recognize that as a form of antibody, but n not in America, not not in California. So, <laughs> damn. This is based on sound science. So what is it that is causing this sudden rejection of widely accepted science here in the United States? 
We currently have colleges, corporations, big tech, politicians, and U.S. public health officials all openly excluding natural immunity as a basis for medical exemption. When recovered, patients raise an eyebrow over policies mandated they be vaccinated. Their educations, their livelihoods, and their ability to participate in society are threatened. Take, for example, Gianna Norris, a fiscal officer at Michigan State University. She recovered from COVID-19 late last year and has naturally acquired immunity. Now, even though she recently received two antibody tests that demonstrate her robust immunity from reinfection, the university is threatening disciplinary action and termination if she does not comply with, comply with the school's mandatory COVID-19 vaccination That's policy. <laughs> She's currently suing. That's crazy. At George Mason University, professor of law Todd Zawicki had fully recovered from COVID-19 but was also being threatened with termination if he did not comply with mandatory vaccination. Zawicki produced a statement from his own immunologist who advised that it was medically unnecessary for him to get a vaccine based on the fact he had acquired natural immunity. Only after the professor filed a lawsuit did GMU, did GMU finally come around to the science they have long previously accepted for other viruses. Then there are guys so that like... that guy, he, he, he sued and he won and they allowed him to, you know, continue to function as an employee there because the science was on his side. But science, it seems as if science is not even the issue anymore. It's just this weird political divide that people live in where if you're on one side you're on one side and if you're on the other you're on the other and it doesn't matter the science does not matter so it's just a weird thing Trump, Rand Paul, and Thomas Massey whom after infection have claimed to be immune from COVID-19 nonetheless Twitter labeled Trump's claim to be in violation of their community guidelines and misleading CNN, giving backing to Twitter's claim, pointed to the CDC stance that there's no evidence people are immune to COVID if they've been reinfected. Again, completely antithetical to all previously known science regarding immunity and even antithetical to their own stances listed on other areas of their website. Now, the study also brings into full focus a huge ethical question regarding de our demand for mass vaccination of everyone, no matter their previous infection status. Should we be wasting vaccines on people who have stronger immunity than the vaccines alone can provide them when so many vulnerable people in the world haven't had a chance at a single dose? Why yeah, should that's, we... That's, that's what my argument was, is if you really did care this much about vaccines and about vaccine hesitancy and all this, uh, you would... Let's keep in mind that I think like only like 4% of the rest of the world is vaccinated. And compared to America, we're 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 already above sixty one percent, and we want to get to eighty percent, and that's like really selfish compared to the three percent, four percent of the rest of the world who's gotten vaccinations, and they really only get like AstraZeneca. They don't even get like the good stuff. They 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 get like the boo boo ones that have lots of side effects. So it just seems weird to me that you would want to force someone to get vaccinated if they've been infected. Uh, that's a complete waste of vaccine. You, you should give it to someone who who is vulnerable, right? It, it, instead, you should focus on vaccinating all of the older people. That way, uh, you know, we know that the people that are vulnerable are covered, but we're not doing that. We're just going straight for this weird mandate thing. It just it makes no sense at all. But that's only one one of these uh, articles. Um, so he, here I have a few more um in regards to um, 
to to this particular here. Look, Johnson and Johnson vaccine linked to rare cases of autoimmune disorder. Or John J and J has had like lots of problems. They've had autoimmune problems. They've had weird brain aneurysm problems. They've had blood clot in the lungs, which excuse me. Actually, a lot of my friends have an anecdotal evidence and and presented to me of their cases where they have gotten um uh the vaccine and then immediately after got blood clots in their lungs and had to go to the hospital and were hospitalized for weeks so that is very scary to be completely healthy adult take the vaccine and then you suddenly get um blood clots in the lungs and this is actually happening very very often i've heard just in my group of friends four people that have gotten the vaccine that have gotten blood clots in their lungs so just thinking about that for a second that's really scary um and there has been deaths as well so 95 cases were serious required hospitalization one death um so you know there there people have died from these vaccines the thing is they have complete um that all of these companies have complete immunity so they don't they're not offering immunity for you for you for covid they're offering immunity for the companies that are providing the vaccine uh because you can't sue them so if something happens to you you can't who are you going to complain to like you can't go nowhere to complain about that it's a wrap for you so that's really interesting once you the legal work when it's fishy like that you know and they have um they have emergency status all of these vaccines so they can be administered even though they are not FDA approved except for Pfizer which is now uh getting FDA approved pretty soon um if it hasn't already but uh except except for that one the rest are not and they're still all able to to be used um which is also why it's really funny enough under the requirements of the uh FDA um in order to keep the emergency status they have to make sure that there are no other treatments so this is where it gets really weird and the CDC and the FDA they just shut down all other possible covid treatments like ivermectin and I'll pull up some of these treatments in a bit I'll get a little conspiratorial so stay tuned um like previous covid prevents delta infection better than pfizer shot so you know there's just lots of people um coming out talking about this recently there was a study out of Israel that shows that most reinfections were fully vaccinated individuals i think they had like a super high vaccination rate like something like over 80% somehow 78 cases of all 78% of all new cases in Israel right now are reinfections uh so that basically means the vaccines doesn't work um and that's really an interesting uh you know th- this is not a study that anyone's talking about this uh the study in Israel and that's only one and but the mandates continue here they've already done airline mandates uh military mandates uh see here's a uh, military mandates expected to make a recommendation to president biden mandating vaccines for all active duty service members congressional correspondent rachel scott has more on this good morning rachel 
Cecilia, good morning. And this is a shift from the Pentagon. They previously indicated that they would wait for FDA approval, but now Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin expected to move forward with this, making the recommendation to the president that would require all of the 1.3 million active duty service members to be vaccinated. This will require the sign off from the president. It would require a special waiver that would need to be signed. But it comes just days after President Biden announced that all federal employees must be vaccinated or be subjected to regular COVID-19 testing. We know that about 70% of the military has already received at least one shot, but this could raise questions about whether or not service members could be discharged if they refuse to be vaccinated, Cecilia. As you said, a big shift, Rachel. The other big headline this morning is that infrastructure bill. The Senate you're hearing is close to a big vote on this one. Yeah, a key vote coming in just yeah, 24 so just, hours. I mean, that's that's crazy. And then the, the rare disorders... Since COVID-19, the CDC now says federal officials have identified about 100 suspected cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome. GBS is a neurological disorder in which the body's immune system damages nerve cells, causing muscle weakness or, in severe cases, paralysis. That message about these side effects being exceptionally rare, frankly, it has not gotten through to people. And we run the risk here, if we don't pivot quickly away from J&J, of having a sustained carryover effect really damaging. But except he said exceptionally rare. Like I that that is not exceptionally rare. Like the chances of you having side effects with a vaccine is like three percent versus the chances of you dying from COVID is like point oh three. <laughs> I mean I'll take the point oh three any day. You know what I mean? Like that point three, that's 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 too high. That that's 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 really high. So in my opinion if you're talking straight logistics and risk assessment, the vaccine is, is a way higher risk than uh, than naturally occurring coronavirus in the wild. The thing is, if you have, you know, the idea behind the vaccine is that if you have, uh, you know, condition, if you have a previous condition that may complicate, you know, like asthma or something like this, then maybe you ought to consider taking the vaccine. I'm not against taking vaccines, but, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just one of those things where it should be left up to the individual to make the judgment. So, you know, and nobody should be forced to do anything. But uh, let's get a little conspiratorial. So the Pentagon developed an implant that could detect COVID that goes under your skin, proving every single Illuminati conspiracy theorist that, <laughs> that there are... Uh, that there was gonna micro a microchip was coming. It is here, <laughs> and this is real. This microchip thing. It, it was a. It's actually like a crazy thing that came out on 60 Minutes. Let's see if I can do a, a quick Google search of that. Um, but let's see, 60 Minutes microchip COVID. I know for sure that that it was something that those guys did. Um, which is really crazy. Considering the fact that how conspiratorial that sounds. Yep, yep, here it is. Dr. Hepburn showed us a few current projects. Some sound like they're from an episode of Star Trek. Consider a ship like the USS Theodore Roosevelt hobbled last year when 1,271 crew members tested positive for the coronavirus. What if everyone on board had their health monitored with this subdermal implant now in late stage testing? It's not some <laughs> dreaded government Whoa. microchip to track your every move, 
but a tissue-like gel engineered to continuously test your blood. It's a sensor. This tiny green thing in there? That tiny green sen- thing in there. You put it underneath your skin, and what that tells you is that there are chemical reactions going on inside the body, and that signal means you're going to have symptoms tomorrow. Wow. There's an actual transmitter in that? Yeah, it's like a check engine light. Check this sailor out before he That's crazy. infects others. <laughs> That's right. Sailors would get the signal, then self-administer a so blood draw. Don't say those guys are crazy. On site. Look at that. We can have that information in three to five minutes. As you truncate that time, as you diagnose and treat, what you do is you stop the infection in its tracks. That's crazy. <laughs> so there is definitely a microchip. And, you know, let's not forget that Apple also recently released that technology that, you know, is kind of, you know, an in, invasion of privacy. But it, it, it searches through people's, uh, you know, uh, vaccination status and, and their phones. And it, it, if someone has COVID, uh, it, it uh, informs others around uh, via apple connections that are designed by apple to work with apple products so their macbooks and their iphones and everything is going to be able to show that information which is really crazy but uh yeah (laughs) i just thought i would show this microchip thing because it's so it's really funny um let's see i i want to talk about um oh actually this video is pretty funny this is um abba and preach I'll say, oh, we got some comments. Midnight Tonight says uh, we need more time for the vaccine to be tested. Um, yeah, I do I do think we do need more time for the vaccine to be tested. Um, and, yes, people are getting side effects. Um, yeah, it's, it's really it's – really, that microchip thing is really something. But um, here, here's another thing that really bothers me about all of this weird stuff is, uh, like, Jimmy Kimmel saying, like, check, check this out. This is bananas. Jimmy Kimmel, all right? I hope you had a relaxing Labor Day. It was not a fun Labor Day weekend, COVID-wise. The number of new cases is up more than 300% from a year ago. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. That choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. Whoa! (laughs) We've still got a lot of... Can you believe that? Listen, go go watch Abbott and Preach's reaction to that. It's hilarious, but, I mean, that's bananas that you could go on TV and wish death upon everyone who's unvaccinated how, how would you how and why do you get away with that i don't understand it's it's really something that blows my mind how crazy that is <laughs> that's crazy um and it's just again everything is like about facts you know like it's very difficult to listen to the news these days because of how how very little facts they they give you so it's it, and when you go to look up these facts they're also very hard to find. They're not something that you just find like automatically. Like this, this took me a whole lot of effort um, looking up, you know, how many people have infections in, in even in just LA County. Um, and it's, it's really something else, you know. And every time there's a claim that the, uh, 
the 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 hospital beds are overrun and the ICUs can't accept any more people. Every time there's one of these claims, you you really have to look it up because there it, most of the time the actual data does not match the fear mongering that's occurring on the television. It just it just doesn't. But here here's another study by the CDC that says that vaccine breakthrough infections are really really high, like something like twenty seven percent. Um, that's incredible. So that basically means that the efficacy of the vaccines are super low because did you know that natural infection, if you get coronavirus naturally and then you get coronavirus, uh, and, and, and all right, if you get coronavirus naturally, the chances of you getting the Rona again is like extremely low. I think there's only like a handful of cases Maybe like 10 total cases of people that have gotten COVID twice naturally. Um, but the chances of you getting COVID after getting the vaccine is very high, like 28%. And the Delta variant is even higher. Like the chances of you getting the Delta variant is up, is up to 60, no, 40%. So it only really covers you about 60%. So just take that into consideration that reinfection after getting the vaccine it is it is very often it happens so you know again another argument supporting natural infection as opposed to vaccination um but that's just only some of the stuff that has really uh really bothered me when people say that even if you've gotten uh coronavirus naturally that you should get the vaccine regardless on top of that it just it just makes no sense um reinfection rates amongst patients who previously tested positive for covid a retrospective study so again it's just like really high numbers and uh it, it, it basically and these are all studies you can check these out yourself maybe i'll put them in the links below um once the video uploads itself um but yeah this it's it's so many and these are all from from the NIH from the CDC so they you know that these studies worldwide studies lots of them in our own country but we really have to pay attention to this stuff like you know with a laser like we got to zoom in immune immune T cells may offer lasting protection against covid so basically another article supporting natural infection um and how T cell antibodies uh that happen naturally through natural infection are more effective than when you get the vaccine again just and then let, let forget the whole the whole mrna argument that vaccines that are genetic that modify you genetically that a lot of people are concerned about that i haven't even gotten into that because that's like you know i can't there isn't any studies that prove or disprove that now it would take like years. It would be like years later kind of thing. It would be like, you know, one of these days there, there there's going to be a commercial out there that's going to say, "Have did you take the COVID vaccine? If you have, call this number. You may be li uh, liable for compensation, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, we're going to see those commercials soon because who knows how long it's going to take for some of these side effects to really, really develop. And you won't be able to sue these companies since they're immune to, you know, lawsuits, which is really funny. <laughs> Um, again, lots of these T cell immunity, uh, to SARS-CoV-2 following natural infection and vaccination. Again, articles 
supporting this is the actual study um that all of these articles have been citing about how it's now been found that yes natural infection is more effective against the virus um so it's just one of those things um robust sars cov2 specific t-cell immunity is maintained at six months following primary infection and this is this was only six months after so this is like you know just another piece of information proving that yes it's effective so the 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 vaccine doesn't provide i don't think even six months so that's just keep that in mind as well lasting immunity found after recovering from covid19 this is directly from the nih so you know this is from from the nih again like really really in your face information that goes against everything that mainstream media is talking about and then we're, we're let's get into some of the because uh, lately there's been a lot of uh, backlash against alternative medicines against COVID around the world. So lots of people around the world have been developing um, different uh, um, you know different ways of fighting COVID using natural remedies, and some of these have like scientific like evidence proving that they are effective, and yet the CDC and the FDA doesn't approve this stuff, but. Uh, we can see uh, Dr. Sebi is one of these guys, and he came out with some kind of weird uh, um, solution for COVID. But uh, let's talk a little bit about who Dr. Sebi is before we talk about the solution that he introduced. But he, here's an example of Dr. Sebi versus the Supreme Court, which is something that he fought against previously. That the state were unprepared to defend itself. Mm -hmm. They were unprepared because in the past there was 2,781 cases that came before the Supreme Court and lost. Yeah. I won. Yeah. Not only did I prove scientifically, but I had the diagnostic sheets, and I do have them today. Uh -huh. And I do diagnostic sheets didn't come from me. They came from their school, their American credit accredited medical accredited school were did i read it correctly where there was some requirement for you to actually bring patients a, a patient into court from each of those maladies and that you brought multiple patients in court who one testified themselves and that you had medical medical records one showing that they were victims of the disease and then showing that it had been cured by one doctor and then a second doctor verifying what the first doctor had said. Yes, we have to remember this, that whenever you make a statement that goes against the grain, you better be prepared. Mm -hmm. You better be prepared. The judge said that I had to bring one of every patient that I had cured, and there was one that said others. The others was a man that came from Italy. He was paralyzed. But I took, I was supposed to take nine. I took 77. You took 77 patients in court with you? That's correct. So this dude's talking about how he won his Supreme Court case against, you know, um, some of these bigger corporations trying to ban his medicine. 
Uh, and then, so some examples of some of the medicine that he introduced is very similar to uh, some other medicines that were banned. And here's where things get really murky um, that were banned in other places where COVID was not a problem. So one of these places was Haiti. And I'll kind of get into uh, Haiti in a second. So here's an article, a warning letter, warning about his, Dr. Sebi's, um, you know, tea, COVID-19, uh, Corona Destroyer tea. That's what he called it, right? And and so uh, here's the FDA and the CDC warning against taking this and how you, you know, it's a scam or whatever. Um, but some of the ingredients that are on there, we can we can take a look at what those are. Um, so it's the same ingredients that are in this in the African uh, Madagascar uh, herb cure, uh, which is wormwood. And it's that's a, wormwood is a really interesting plant because it seems to me that the CDC actually actually studied wormwood, which is uh, I don't know what the actual scientific. Or oh, actually, I have I have the plant here. So here's the plant, Art Artemisia. So this plant was actually used, it's called wormwood in other places, was used, oh, it's actually related to sage. It's a really, it's a really stinky plant. Um, and this, uh, this plant was found to have cured malaria in South Africa, which is really interesting because what's another uh, medicine that, cured malaria that was good for fighting covid um that would be hydrochloroquine which trump was uh pushing you know in 2020 but africa has had this cure the whole time and people there have been taking it so this plant artemisia right it was studied by the cdc here i have uh some nih studies Artemisia and Artemisia-based products for COVID-19 management, current state and future prospective. So, you know, it is more evident that most of the antiviral and immune-boosting drugs are non-promising and ineffective for treatment of coronaviruses, blah, blah, blah. But in studying Artemisia, they found that actually it does provide some, some benefits. And there were actual clinical trials to study just this plant alone. Um, and I think the CDC is going to announce pretty soon that this is going to be one of the approved treatments. But tell me why they are shunning everyone else who uses this naturally. They're, they're going to want you to buy the over-the-counter version of this as opposed to people just taking the natural form. Um, and this is like here it is from the NIH studying, you know, this particular plant showing its effectiveness. Um Here's another study proves effectiveness of Artemisia against SARS-CoV-2 in vitro. So they find that it's not only does it help in severe, you know, prevent severe like crazy side effects um, from getting COVID, like for example, like uh, like pneumonia and stuff like this. It really it really helps. So um, again, it's just crazy uh, how how a plant right now is currently being studied for extractions uh, um, of this p potentially helpful drug against coronavirus, and yet anyone else who does it, they're not allowed. Only the CDC is allowed. So 
Uh, Madagascar has it. Haiti has it. This plant, Artemisia wormwood. They put it in their tea or whatever. Um, something really interesting about Haiti. Um, Haiti, here, here's an evaluation of traditional Haitian remedies against COVID-19. So this was actually really hard to find, but it says here, most common plant, plant families and mo most used products in the Haitian recipe, of course, you know, they got a lot of other stuff, but, but they have here wormwood right there. So wormwood is definitely something that, that they have in, in the Haitian uh, cocktail against COVID. So why is Haiti important? Because Haiti had the lowest amount of COVID cases and deaths. Basically, it was um, ranking amongst the lowest in the whole world. So you can see mystery surrounds remarkably low amount of COVID cases. And this article was published um, May 5 or whatever. So just, just imagine that. Like, uh, there's an island. And people haven't taken the vaccine there. But they have mysteriously low amounts of COVID cases or deaths. Right? Why do they need the vaccine? Why introduce it? Right? Well, here's a funny thing. The Haitian president, he didn't want vaccines in the country. So here is, um, here it is. Haiti rejects COVID-19 from the World Health Organization. The Haitian government has declined to receive the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine proposed by the World Health Organization, according to the Dominican news outlet. About 756,000 vaccine doses were scheduled to arrive free of charge, but the president, he declined them to be imported so just think about that for a second because literally soon after the haitian president declined for these vaccines to be introduced into into uh um haiti the president gets literally assassinated in the middle of the night uh by weird colombian jungle gorilla dudes who just like there's still no explanation for this by the way of why anyone killed the president Moyes uh from from haiti it's just it just doesn't make any sense but here's what's really funny is that right after the president was killed guess what happens that's right vaccines introduced directly to uh, d directly to haiti more than sixteen thousand haitian are vaccinated against covid now so just think about that. More than 16,000 Haitians vaccinated against COVID-19. This was published on Ju in July 14th. This was like a week after his assassination. This is crazy because I hate to be conspiratorial, but you'd have to say that that's why the that's maybe one particular motive for why the president was assassinated. He denied the vaccine in his country, and, you know, all you got to do is get rid of him. Then you can bring in your vaccines. It's, it's a really, really strange phenomenon. So, um, you know, and then, oh, my God. See, the assassination of Haiti's president may worsen its response to COVID. Uh, and it didn't. It just introduced vaccines. So it's very interesting that someone, this article actually kind of breaks down how it happened. 
you know, uh, how the murder was, you know, one of the reasons why the vaccines were introduced. Um, it, like, I'm, we're talking like days after, like literally days. So that's really weird. Um, just, you know, and all of this information is, is really interesting because uh, here's another study previous to the president being assassinated that the world's poorest country had the lo world's lowest COVID death rates. And there's actually, there's actually a video out here somewhere that I didn't, I wasn't able to find. I've seen it before, though, where the president of Haiti is talking specifically about wormwood and how effective it is at fighting COVID and why they don't need the vaccine. But that video is very hard to find now. Um, but I do, you know, I, I encourage you guys to look for it and find it because it's just another piece of the puzzle and this weird COVID stuff that's going on all around the world. But in America, you know, here in Cali, we're seeing it, you know, and we thought this COVID stuff was going to go away. I hate to be, like, really, like, down low about this stuff, you know. I want to do podcasts that are more <laughs> positive, in a positive light, but, you know, it's just been such a long time since I, since I did a podcast. Um, I've had these links kind of building up in my phone, and I just kind of wanted to show these to y'all. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think about all this, um, and if there's any information that anyone out there has, send it to me, you know. You can just uh, – you can you can email it to me. Um, I'd like to know um, if I missed anything, and you know if there are any other uh, supporting documents that kind of support these ideas. But I, like I said, I'm not I'm not an anti-vaxer, um, and I'm not a pro-vaxer. I'm just look. I just try to look at things objectively, and I want to know the absolute truth. And the news and social media is just not a place to get it at the moment. You know. For all y'all tuning into my channel, I hope uh, I hope it, it, it you know you're getting some valuable information from this. Um, but so yeah, man, um, I think I'm gonna sign out pretty soon. Ooh, look here's uh, Nipsey. Wait, wait, I'll play this before I sign out. Nipsey Hussle talking about Dr. Sebi. Nipsey Hussle was also killed. Conspiracy. <laughs> I said the medicine really isn't the candy because even when you drop a ball like about Dr. Sebi. Yeah. Like just that one thing they killed Dr. Sebi will make somebody go research who, who Dr. Sebi is. 100%. Dr. Sebi. I thought it was Sebi. Sebi. My bad. I said it wrong. My lingo a little different. Have you met Dr. Sebi? I never met him. I met his wife and I, I take his products for sure. Now the coolest guy ever. I mean he was uh when we interviewed him I think he was about 74. Oh, y'all interviewed him? Yeah, we interviewed him twice. Damn. Not here, but when I was on the other show. He was able to jump from the floor up here on his knees. At, at 70 something. On his knees yeah. and jump back down and no problems, nothing like that. Why do why you think they he killed had... him? Why do they kill all holistic doctors? Right. Messing up the medical industry. You, playing, you short stopping that grind. Why do niggas get killed for hustling in front of a nigga spot? You short stopping the grind. And these niggas, they check is billions. You got niggas that get for a couple hundred thousand. So you playing with some pharmaceutical money, you know? And what's crazy, I'm, I'm working on doing a documentary on the trial of, in 1985, when Dr. Sebi went to trial against New York. Right. Because he, he put a newspaper, he cured AIDS. Yeah. Did he, did he, did he, he beat, beat the he case. case. And he went to federal court the next day and beat that case yeah. on record. Yep. And nobody talk about it. That's crazy. I'm in the middle of doing this holistic detox right now. Day six of 14. Yeah, you was telling me. Yeah. So. No food, nothing. And they said it actually can help cure fibroids. It can um, help you if you are, you know, cancer, any right. type of heart issues. And it's all natural herbs and all organic. And 
all holistic yeah. without actually going to a doctor and getting exactly you know pharmaceutical. Yeah, you nope. how you feel though? You feel you feel I a actually difference. feel pretty good. Do you feel a difference? You think I do. That's it right. could be also because I've cut a lot of things out and I haven't had any. I'll leave y'all with this at all right. in the past six days, but I feel all right. Crazy stuff out here, bro. Just boys. to go back to the Doctor Sebi thing real quick. What makes you want to do a CB. documentary? Doc okay, CB. get it right, man. What makes you want to do a documentary about Doctor Sebi? Um, I think the story is important. I think mm -hmm. it's a powerful narrative. It is. You know what I mean? And I think if imagine this. Anybody in this room, if I could say, hey, somebody cured AIDS, y'all be like, yeah, right. And then I could show you an example of him going to trial and proving in a court to a jury that he cured AIDS. Y'all would be interested in that. Absolutely. And y'all would look into the way he did it, right? So I feel like more so than like championing his products or explaining his methodology, put some light on that case. Imagine being able to cure cancer or being able to cure any type of herpes and all kinds and of And that's what things. he do, by no, the that's way. That's what he did. He yeah, had, yeah, he, yeah. He used to send all types of, of vitamins up to the station. You had herpes? No. I said vitamins <laughs> to the station. <laughs> did you hear me? I said vitamins to the station. This guy's crazy. Yeah, man, it's crazy. But I'll leave you guys with that. I'm about to sign out. Long-winded, running through this life like it was mine. Never settling, but setting every goal high.